Welcome back to Breaking Bullying. This week, we're going to sit down with an author and talk about what inspired her to write her book, which is now Amazon's number one bestseller. So I'm going to hit that music and get started. Joining me this week is author of Amazon's number one bestselling book, From Bullied to Brave, Kimberly Young. Kimberly, thank you for being on today. Thank you for inviting me. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, so Kimberly, what inspires you to write your book? Well, I was a teacher during the pandemic. Um, I taught uh, STEM for grades K to three. And sadly, I heard in our school district that there were some youth suicides. And then my sister's best friend, her 12-year-old daughter committed suicide. So I had this just little wish in the back of my mind. Um, Maybe there's something that I could do to help these children. And strangely enough, a year later, I was in a writing retreat. I didn't expect it to happen, but at the end of the retreat, <laughs> the book came out. Just I was not expecting that. And I realized it's, it's my story of being bullied, but of course brought to modern times. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is my mission. This is, is to tell my story and the story of girls in middle school and, um, and to help them. So that's what I'm doing now. Perfect. Going back to uh, in the COVID time, COVID was a tough time for everybody. Do you know the reasons why kids were attempting suicide? Yes. Um, well, especially was with adolescents, and it's because their whole life is right about being with their friends and having that social structure, and then now they were isolated from their friends. And then, from what I understand, cyberbullying also increased. And so that that isolation and increase in cyberbullying is one of two of the main causes. And then you had some bullying experience yourself. Are you willing to share some of that? When I started middle school, um, my best friend from elementary school was was in the same class with me, and um, I was in honors classes. So I, unlike most kids, I was with the same children, same students all day. And when we'd go to lunch, there were three of us. So there was my best friend and in, in the book, I, I call her Ellie. And there was this other girl, Sean. So I'm using the names from the book. And what happened was, is that Sean became jealous. And over time, she started excluding me and only talking to Ellie. And, and then one day I walked into the cafeteria and all my friends were sitting at the table. I walked up, everybody got up and left. And then it just went on from there. So there were letters, there were phone calls, you know, from the kids making fun of me, telling me I was ugly. They didn't want to be my friend. I didn't have any friends. I was stupid. And then what I added in the book, because, you know, I'm 61, I, I also added a cyberbullying episode because, you know, that's something that happens these days. So, and I know my bullying story is mild compared to what other children go through, especially these days. But what's interesting, it was really traumatizing for me and it really hurt my self-esteem. So writing the book was actually cathartic for me. And then I actually worked for a coach. And it's one of the tools that are back here. I worked with a coach just to help heal some of the images that I have. So going back to your school, you were kind of, you were the popular kid 
in like elementary school, correct? Mm-hmm, I was. Then it was a middle school where everything started changing for you. Is that the correct timeline yes. of it? Do you know? It's true. Do you know why your friend was jealous of you to begin with? No, I really don't know. At that time, I was too young to understand. But I, what I saw that was happening is she, she didn't want a threesome. She wanted my best friend for her own. And, and this is really common. Bullying tends to increase in middle school, particularly with girls. And this kind of bullying is, it's called re- relational bullying. And so, you know, because now it's like everybody's kind of seeing, well, where do they fall in this whole sort of social structure at school? So she definitely wanted to be the top dog. It's common for kids, though, to, you know, you have friends in elementary school, they grow out of it. And middle school, they get a whole new set of friends as well. But this friend seemed, did she start a rumor? Because it seemed like she got the whole class turned against you. What happened? Like, what, like how did this all went down? Because it started with one kid. And then next day you go to your table and nobody likes you. Right. Yeah. And again, it happened over time. So okay. what I noticed is, is that when the three of us were together, little by little, she just started excluding me and only talking to my best friend. And then what happened after that is after school, we had like crafts classes and I went to, to, it was, we're doing tie dye shirts. And when I walked in, I noticed that the girls were ignoring me. And then after, at the end of class, um, someone like left a note on my desk and that, so that was the start of saying, you know, we don't want to be your friend. You're ugly. Um, you know, leave us alone. Don't come around us anymore. And then it was after that, when I went to the cafeteria, um, the next okay. day and then everybody left. Yeah. How did you handle that? Especially in the cafeteria sitting, did you sit by yourself that day then? Um, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. It was so traumatic. I really don't remember what I did. I just remember being devastated. Um, the saving grace is there were two boys in my class who were also considered underdogs, but they were the nicest boys. And those two boys became my friends and, um, and they were my saving grace. So eventually I sat with them and, um, and they were real champions for me. Good. So did the bullying end at some point in high school? Um, The bullying actually ended toward the middle of that year. So what's interesting is that we were best friends. Like my mom was really good friends with, uh, with Ellie's mom. And so my mom just couldn't take it anymore. So she finally called Ellie's mom and just said, um, you know, my daughter is being bullied. It's the whole group. You know, is there anything you can do? And her mom responded by saying, wow, you know, she knew something was going on because Ellie was hiding in her, her, her room, talking on the phone, and there were all these secretive things going on. And so she talked to her daughter and told her that she was disappointed. And this is interesting because the next day in PE class, Ellie came to me and she was crying. And she just told me she was really sorry. And she didn't know why she had acted that way. And um, it was, was it was lovely because, you know, we became friends again and because she stood up, you know, and it's kind of interesting because she also, she became an upstander. Mm -hmm. The other kids left me alone. I didn't have any problems with them after that. And after that, frankly, I changed schools because my parents just didn't 
I don't want to be there anymore. Did you approach your mom with your issues or did she approach you? Um, I approached my mom with, well, did I approach her? It was kind of both. I mean, because I, I came home so devastated. I mean, every day she said she would look out the window because I took the bus and she could see me walking home and I was just, you know, all hunched over and eyes red and crying. So um, there was, there was no way I could hide it. That's great though. Cause and, your mom took action and the bullying ended and yes, got a happy story. Yes. It's great to hear for once. It is great to hear. And it took time because she did approach another parent and they were really rude to her. And so, uh, as you know, you never know how it's going to go when you approach a parent. But once she approached the best friend of my mom, then that made a difference. So, Kimberly, in your book, you tell a good story. And it's, it's, it's fictional, sort of, but it's based off of your own experiences, correct? Correct. What type of tools do you give children to help with bullying? And I should back up. Is this book for children? Is it for adults? Is it for both? That's a great question. I wrote it for tweens, so 10 to 13-year-olds. And yet, the feedback I've been getting is that parents and grandparents are reading it. And they're reading it with their children. So whether... So sometimes the parents have been bullied, like in one case, the parent had been bullying, but the daughter never had, but the daughter has had to deal with mean girls. And so it was great because it opened the door for the mom to talk with her daughter and find out what kind of experience her daughter was having in school. And, um, and even just kind of to help her be prepared. Cause this is, this is a, a younger girl. She's not in middle school yet. So the mom thought, you know, this can help prepare for middle school. And then again, I've had parents who've had children who've been bullied and they also read it together and then they get ideas. Now I'm, I'm in my mid forties. So my memory is not the best when it comes to middle school girls, even though I have a bunch of girls right now, my household, but what's like <sighs> the number one issue that middle school girls get picked on for? Well, it, it can be a couple different things. So one is it can be that the bully actually feels less than they have low self-esteem. And so they pick on someone they see as being having even lower self-esteem than them. Um, it can also be that a girl is jealous, which is what happened in my case. So sometimes it can be that another girl is popular. And so then, you know, a, a girl decides, okay, I'm going to take her down. So there's this whole thing that starts in middle school about being popular and are you in the right group? And so some girls just decide, okay, well, I'm going to be at the top, you know, and I'm going to bring down the other girl who's popular or the one who I'm jealous of. What tools do you give to these young girls on how to handle that case? So there's some couple, there's, there's a lot of different tools in the book. And I, Again, it's based on my story, but the story of other girls. And what I wrote into the story is sort of some things that I wish that I would have had. So one of the things is, you know, definitely talking, talking to the school. Um, it doesn't always happen, you know, as you'd like you talk to, you talk to Drew from the Bullying uh, Recovery Resource Center. The schools are supposed to take action. So, you know, to talk to the school, talk to the teacher, if your child needs it, 
you know, to get counseling for them, to help them work on their own self-esteem and the issues. And then um, there's a couple other tools in the book. So if you go to my website, it's the same title of the book as the book. So it's from bulliedtobrave.com. So if you go to the website and you look up in the right-hand corner, there's actually, it's, it's called, um, there's a, a teen, there's an assessment that teens or children can take. And it's great to do it with their parents. So it helps them assess how are they feeling? So are they feeling sad? Are they feeling angry, frustrated? Are they feeling afraid, terrified? So it kind of has that whole range of emotions. And then it also looks at how are children, how are they coping? So what are they doing to meet their needs? And you know, of course, sometimes they're not coping well. So they might not, they might not want to be going to school. They might be having stomach aches. Uh, they might be depressed. So how are they coping? And then how could they meet their needs? And then the last part is really healthy ways to meet your needs, which is really important. So that's the part that's especially important. And I tell the child and the parent to work together to choose a couple of those things that are really going to help them. So that's one tool. And it was developed by a friend who's a coach and counselor, and she's worked on it for 20 years. What I love about it is very simple. It's very easy, but it's actually very powerful. So, and it's actually really helpful for adults. She originally designed it for adults, but then now um, she and I took a look at it and we thought, hey, you know, teens could use this too, teens and tweens. So, so we uh, changed it up. So it would be great for tweens. Any advice for parents or students if a child goes to the school and they're not getting the results, that they're not getting taken seriously, what's like, what's their next step of action they can take? Okay, if they're not be t- if they're not being taken seriously, um, I do recommend something like what Drew has in Colorado, which is you know the Bullying Recovery Resource Center because you know they help people deal with that. It's really important to document everything. So keep if there's letters, notes. If it's cyberbullying, you want to keep those posts. You know, and after you document all of it, then of course you know block the students who are, you know, are sending or posting. And then the next thing is you can take legal action. And so, you know, that's what some parents have had to do is is to take legal action. So you want to let the school know that you're serious. And, um, you know, the laws vary for different states, but you can go on to that, the stopbullying.gov, that website, and it does, you can actually find they have a web page that shows you know what are the laws what are the policies for different um different states for schools i've looked at a school's anti-bullying policy and i'm not going to say which one it is but i looked at the anti-bullying policy and in order for the principal to look at it you had to go onto the district's website print off this form and it looks like a to me it looks like a parent has to fill it out and then they'll look at it if it's bullying or not, which I think is a stupid thing. Why can't we take a kid's word for it? Because when I was being bullied, I wasn't going to tell my parents about it. Forget that. You know, it's embarrassing. And when I yeah. saw that, I'm like, is this what the school thinks? This is how it should work? This does not make any sense at all. So hopefully in my area, we can get that changed because that's not, that's not right. It should just be a kid's word for it. How do you envision your book making a positive impact on individuals? 
Oh, I love that question. Thanks for asking. So what I'm, you know, what I'm hoping and actually what I've been seeing is that I've had people buy it and then they've bought multiple copies and they've given them to schools, libraries, and then to youth they know that need the help. Um, and I've kept the price down. So I put it on sale, it, it released December 1st and I put it on sale for $3.99. Um, I'm probably gonna keep it on sale for a couple more weeks because I just love that, that people are doing that, that they're actually sharing it. And so, yes, that's what I envision and hope will happen with the book and, you know, will we'll be in my, my efforts to, you know, get it out to schools, libraries, where get it, even counseling centers, you know, where children and parents have access to it. And I, I have a, I had a, or I have a focus group of tweens and um, it's pretty cool, you know, about seven tweens and they, they, they loved the book. So the story goes fast. It's intriguing. And uh, so, you know, and there's, so again, this is a new mission for me. And so eventually I'm hoping, not even hoping, this is what I'm doing. I'm working on a speech. So I'm working out to give talks in schools. Um, I'm looking into what changes culture. So I'm hearing some really cool stories about how you can change the culture around bullying in schools and in organizations. So, you know, that's, that's my next step. So the book um, is a gift. It's a launching point. Let's jump ahead. I'm really curious how do you change a culture in a school and bullying? Because I have my, I have my beliefs. I mean, for, for, for myself, I believe we, we got to start the kids young, start teaching the anti-bullying techniques at a young age. What are your thoughts, though, to change a culture, to get it changing over time? So certainly it's got to be, you know, three-tiered. So we've got to look at, you know, the, the policies that school have, schools have, the procedures that they have, you know, how are they treating children? Um, and it, you know, it's, it's also, it's starting with the teachers and the administration, you know, and then out to the students. And so, yes, it helps to, to have children do things that help them build self-esteem. So, you know, I love what you're doing with martial arts, things like that, help them feel strong, build their own self-esteem. Um, also, the school that I heard about, and I'm still following up on the story, is really cool is I have a friend, she's now in her 20s, and she went to a school where their culture was, we don't do that here. And so there was a new kid that moved into the school and she actually tried to bully and be mean, but every time she did it, someone would come and stand up for the target and say, we don't do that here. So it's all of that. You That's know, awesome. What policies and procedures, yes. And what do the kids, you know, down to the kids. And yep. that's what I love to teach kids. So I'm working on this new anti-bullying uh, presentation, and it's going to be about superpowers. So it's kind of like the same thing that, that I give right now, but I'm going to fix up a little bit. But I'm going to tell these kids today, I'm going to give you a superpower. Who wants a superpower? And then the power is going to be how to end bullying. So, oh, I totally um, love it. I but, can't wait to hear more. Yeah, but when you, when you said that story, like that's kind of what I'm be what I'm going to be working on with these kids, like we guys be able to stand up. And for myself, it's hard to get that across the teenagers, the high schools, the middle schools. So I'm going to go with the elementary schools first for myself, where I feel more comfortable with. And majority of my martial arts classes, my school that I work with right now are kids between five years old and like 12 years old. So I work with that age range the most. I have adults in my school, but the biggest part of my school is that age group. So I'm really comfortable with that age group. I know how to re relate to them better. 
that I can totally relate. Yeah. I can totally, that's my age group too, because I taught, you know, I, I taught third grade and then I taught uh, kindergarten through third STEM. I mean, so yeah, those are, those are my peeps. So um, I also see that, that there, I mean, and then you just start young and then it just carries through to middle school and high school and, and carries through life because there is bullying in the workplace also. So, you know, you get these skills for life. I've had a question before I had a, social worker emailed me and this high school around my area, not in my town, but somewhere in my area, having a huge bullying issue. It's like, it's out of control. Um, these kids trash the teacher's car, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it's getting. And the question was, well, how do we change the culture? I'm like, well, first of all, you got to get the school to, to, if you have a bull, anti-bullying policy, you got to stick with it. You can't deviate from it and second yeah look into these kids who've done it and look into their lives more because something is wrong Mm -hmm. with these kids at home i just don't see how a kid can just be a jerk outside of public i don't see how that works not gonna blame the parents totally because some parents some parents do the best they can and they have defiant teens i have a defiant teenager myself i guess that's part of kids growing up but not to that point where they cause you know damage to someone's property it's tough if we don't teach these kids basic manners and we don't enforce these manners at a young age. It's hard to enforce that at, is at an older age when they're much older. And then when they get to the workplace, they're not going to have no social skills because all they know how to do is being a jerk. And they're going to wonder why people don't like them. Yeah. I, I, to me, it starts young where you, you teach children respect. And on that means that they need to respect their parents too. Um, I think, you know, you when you're a parent, you don't get to be your child's best friend all the time because you have to set boundaries. If you don't set boundaries, and this is what I saw as a teacher, you don't set boundaries. Like I, I had like I, I think of one boy in particular who was causing trouble in my class, and it was obvious it was him. And I told the mom, and she's like, "Oh no, my boy wouldn't do that." I'm like. I found, you know, with scissors and markers, not a big deal. He was cutting up markers and making a mess, you know, and he blamed, so she blamed another child in the class. Okay. Then later on, he gets to middle school because he's still at my school and he actually did like a false alarm, you know, saying that someone had a gun and all that. If you don't, if you don't give children structure and boundaries, they will keep pushing, 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 pushing. Um, to see, is anyone going to stop me? Changing culture is a big part of ending bullying. That's what we have to do. And I hate to tell the teachers in the school, it's, well, it's, that's your job. And let the parents get away with it or let the community get away with it. It's a, it's a community effort. If the community wants to end bullying, start volunteering at your local programs. For myself, I volunteer with the Greater Mankato United Way. I started their anti-bullying program. Oh, excellent. People can do stuff like that. They're always looking for volunteers and help. And what drives me crazy is one time we had this school bus bullying issue going on for a while. This was back 2017. It was a long time ago. Bus bullying was a big thing for like, like that, for that school year. I threw out there on this Facebook group, Hey, I'm willing to help teacher kids confidence free of charge for two weeks. No big deal. I'll, I'll take care of them. You would think I would get some positive, you know, 
the feedback from yeah. that. I got so much hate from that. People were oh. pissed. Like, you're just trying to promote your business. Oh, look at this guy. Another business owner trying to throw his name out there, take advantage of a bad situation. Nobody wanted help. Nobody wanted help. All they want to do is complain more. And then they started, they started I mean, you can't bully me anymore. But <laughs> they're trying to throw it back on, on me. So what I did, I became a bus driver myself. And I lasted one year driving school bus. I, I had a fight break out on my bus. And that was it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't be a bus driver anymore. Because I was afraid of getting ridiculed online again for not paying attention or trying to keep the kids safe on the bus. Like, I'm trying to drive this, you know, 35-foot-long bus down the road. And there's a kid, a second grader, attacked a kindergartner. And she wasn't even provoking him. And this kid always has issues on the school bus. Like every time we come on, the, the bus atmosphere will just get bad. But school policy is, well, we'll kick him off for a week. He'll learn his lesson. And he gets to ride the bus next week. And so I'm like, you know, I'm done with this. It, I feel like sometimes people don't want to help. And I, it, it drives me nuts. I'll, they're I'm better so off complaining wow. about it. And but that was my experience back in like 2017, 18. It was right before COVID started. But it's like, man, I'm just trying to help you kids out. And all you want to do is complain about it. So. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that because what you, what you wanted to do was, was admirable. And I think it's amazing that you, you drove a bus. It, you know, it's enough responsibility to drive a bus and have responsibility for all those children. And so it shouldn't, bus drivers should not having to be policing the bus while they're driving. Um, it seems to me, like you're saying, it'd be great to have a volunteer system or something, you know, where, where yeah. a parent or someone rides on the bus to keep, or you pay. To I think help. they did start that, but my bus didn't have it. It had to be qualified because I had the private school kids mm. and the, um, so, and I had these kids that go to bridges. so. So cause I, when I became a bus driver, I said, I don't want these issues on my bus because I own a business in town. I don't need to be getting slammed, you know, online. And so they were nice enough to give me, I had a morning route. I only did it once in the morning, but yeah, it lasted a year. And once that fight broke out, I'm like, gosh, here we go. I'm going to have this mom say, it's all, it's my fault that their kid got kicked off or my kid got attacked. And you literally can't do nothing about it. It happens so fast and you have to watch the road. Can't look at you can't look up the whole time and not exactly. look at the road. you shouldn't have to yeah you shouldn't have to be responsible for watching the kids it's it's a it's a huge responsibility just to drive a bus i mean just to drive a car but to drive a bus with all those children goodness yeah it's crazy but anyways going back to your book how did you come up with that name from bully to brave that's a great question I don't, honestly don't know. It just popped in. And it's interesting because I had a writing coach. You know, I, I did that retreat and then I hired him as my coach to help me write it and publish it. And he's like, oh, you know, you're, he'd said before just to everybody, you know, you're, you're, you're going to come up with your own title, but, you know, it's, it's probably not going to work. So I told him, I go, well, okay, I want this title from Bully to Brave. And he was like, I love it. <laughs> so. I don't know. You know, sometimes it's just creative, the creative flow. Well, I love it too, because if you, if you listen to my podcast, we've had celebrities on here who you would think would never get bullied. 
and mm. their lives turned out to be awesome, like amazing. Some of them are, you know, one's an A-list actor, Sean Kanan. He's on Old and the Beautiful every week, which I don't watch, by the way. But I do watch Karate Kid movies. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, we had Billy Blanks. He was bullied. And he's like, uh, he's, a, he's a martial arts superstar action hero on TV. Like in the 80s, he was like an action hero. So you have all these people who are bullied when they're young, but their lives turned out to be amazing at the end of it. I should say at the end of their life. At the end of the bullying, when they, when they overcame it, their lives turned out to be amazing. Uh, one of our guests named Jay Putty, he wrote a hit song all because of bullying. So he has a song called The Best Days Are Yet to Come, which is now starting to hit the top 40 in radio stations. And that wow. song was inspired by his bullying stories. And it's like, you know, I think the most important part of working with kids is teaching them resilience and perseverance. If they can just be resilient and have perseverance, they will overcome this and they're going to end up being in a lot better place than their bullier is. Yes. And sometimes the difficult things that happen to us in life um, can actually help us develop our greatest strengths. Not, you know, it's not what you'd wish for someone. Um, and yet, you know, there is a truth to that. Because it's like, look at what we're both doing now. You know, we're both yep. serving children. Yeah. Do you have any upcoming projects? So yes, so I am. So I'm. I'm doing research again, starting to collect stories about how culture has been changed in schools. You know, around anti-bullying. So oh, that's good. Yeah. So I'm. So I'm doing two things. So I'm working on my next book, and then also like you, working on a talk. You know, what's a program that I can give to schools? But again, I'd like to just take it bigger because I know that just going and giving a, a talk isn't enough. So I'm learning about that whole, the whole thing. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. If my listeners or watchers on YouTube want to find you, where can they do that? So it's really simple. It's the title of the book from bullied to brave.com. So you can find it there. If you would like to buy the book, it's on Amazon. Also from bullied too brave. You can just look it up there. And then if you're really curious about what I'm doing here in the background and you want to see more, I have another website. It's infiniteimagination.com. And for those listening, I will put those links in the show notes. Kimberly, again, thank you for coming on my podcast today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and I hope someday we get to collaborate. And for myself, you can always find us at our very own website, which is www.breakingbullying.com You can also reach out to us at our email address if you have a story of your own bullying to share or for whatever reason you want to get a hold of us our email address is breakbullyinghere at gmail.com Now, if you're a victim of bullying and you don't know where to turn there is online resources to help you The first is the government's very own anti-bullying website and the address is www.stopbullying.gov and other online resource is www.pacer.org backslash bullying now if you have had thoughts of suicide or of self-harm we implore you to stop reach out to the national suicide hotline that number is very simple it's 988 i'm tim flynn and thank you for listening and we will be back next week 
to continue the conversation to break the silence on bullying.